Yeah, man. Thank you so much for that. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, we were wondering if we could get permission to put that on the end of our next episode, uh, if you <laughs> let us have it. But yeah, mate, thank you so much like, for the for the listen and for that, because that filled our day with joy. Thank you so much. <laughs> Oh man, that's so awesome. That is Luke from Pain in the Class. That's his response to my Pain in the Class theme songs. I've told you guys I've been leaving these theme songs for these podcasts and uh, so, some of them have been getting back to me and been wanting to utilize my theme song in their podcast, which just feels so good. Um, thank you guys for checking out these these uh, podcasts of Inspirato Projecto and going on these journeys with me. I'm your host, CEC. I want you to know that today you will also be on a journey as I go into the studios with Chris Corman and Dave Uchansky to get these deliverables together for Bloody Bobby. We have a distribution company called Uncorked Entertainment. They're very interested in getting our movie Bloody Bobby out there into the world. Check it out. It's based on an urban legend, bloodybobby.com. Check it all out. It's all there. We made the movie based on that. We got to get these things together, the deliverables. That's what they want in order to uh, send this out there into the world. So um, there's still music issues and uh, all kinds of stuff like that that we still have to work out the kinks with uh, before we wrap it all up nicely into a tight little uh, little uh, gift package there and send that off out there to those guys. So you'll hear you'll hear about. Uh, about what goes on in there. So, stay tuned.
Uh, this is John again for Inspirato Projecto. Uh, still walking to Starbucks. Again, not a long walk. Uphill both ways. In the snow. End of May. And, uh, getting coffee. Because I got the head bobs. Oh. This walk, though, I'll tell you what. If you're ever so tired your head starts bobbing on the desk, just go for a walk. It'll wake you up a little bit. It'll wake you up. Yeah, there's there's a lot yet. Yeah, yeah, so... So, um... I'm with Davey Jansky. We're going oh, up we're to Chris Corman's, yeah. Because it, it I, I, stopped last time. It did. Someone called in the middle, so ideally no one will call this time. So we're on our way to uh, Chris Corman's house. He's the sound guy. He did a lot of the... A lot of, he added some music to Buddy Bobby. He um, added some sound effects. Um, we worked in there and uh, with editing with Ryan and... So we're just trying to wrap up these deliverables for uncorked entertainment, and there are a series of things. And um, last last time we were in the car, I recorded this. It someone called me. Um, I sent an email to Anchor about this about when people call you while you're in the middle of podcasting. If there's some if there's some alternate thing that can happen instead of shutting the phone down. Anyway, we are here with Davey Chansky, and uh, so David, what are we going to do today? <clears throat> Today we're going to finish post on Bloody Bobby and give it to the um we're going to give it to the, uh, the distribution company so we can get this movie done and move on. What do you know that we're going to be uh, specifically doing today? Uh, we're doing music releases and the final touches of a, of a great movie. Right. How long have we been in post-production? I've gone through uh, sneakers, gone through shoes, and thrown away for as long as we've been in post-production for this. So that can tell you folks how long this has been. It takes a while, but it, but it is, it's a struggle, and it, but it's a, it's, it's a process. And we got cut some curveballs, but we kind of went through those, and we're all good now. So this is this is you know part of the process of creation is that. Um, you never know what you're going to get until you start, and that's the interesting thing. That's the, you know, we're always going to be able to look back in hindsight and go, oh, well, we should have fixed this, should have fixed that. And um, that's the luxury of after you carve the path. That's what happens after you carve the path. And so you have to be willing to feel the thorns and, you know, get into a couple of bobcat chases, and uh, <laughs> you, you got to have to go through that stuff. Um, to know what to, you know, to be better prepared for, for next time. And so that's kind of something that we're learning through this process is that um, there are a lot of elements to the equation. And now I think that Uncorked gave us the list of deliverables. Now, now we know what to look for. Let's say, for instance, if Black Pumpkin is distributed through Uncorked. Because when they gave us the list of deliverables, we had to Google some of them to see what they were. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I had no idea. I thought you just gave them a movie, and they kind of took care of that stuff. But no, I mean, the closed captioning was a, was a headache. Mm-hmm. That you actually, Mr. Clinton, um, <laughs> took care of a lot. It, it, it put on your shoulders, and you got that done. 
but you know, the, I, I think it probably proves that there's nothing that is so insurmountable that you can't do. And so don't say, well, I can't do it because it's too hard. You can do it. And maybe you don't do it as fast as you want to or as good as you want to, but it can get done and you get, keep on getting better and better. What's interesting, too, is the stories you get to share about, you know, even if the, a project is horrible or terrible, sometimes those make some of the best stories because you're, you're both able, you know, to laugh about maybe a situation that was very tense at the time. Um, and now you're able to look at it through another perspective. And it's, it's interesting, the stories that you can kind of come away with and you go, okay, here's a connection I wish I had, you know, done earlier on and put these pieces together earlier on, which would have made my life easier. Now, okay, cool. Now I know for the future projects, I got these things in place. Let's give that a certain marination period, we'll call it, um, until the other elements kind of swoop in. Now you know, you, you sometimes you got to boil the eggs before you can... <laughs> you know, that takes a certain time, while something over here it doesn't heat up as, as long or something. Very good friend of mine, I won't tell her name, but she came to me, she was married, and she's Jewish, and she came over, it was during the Passover season, and she had, her job was to bring boiled eggs to this dinner. And she had no idea how to boil an egg. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so even something so simple, how to boil an egg. I mean, first figure, first time you ever boiled an egg, well, how long ago we dinner? Do I, do I put the water when it's hot? Do I let it put it in cold water and let it heat up? Does it go one minute? Does it go 18 minutes? What? So you gotta do your first thing. It, it, something that sounds so simple, I, I mean, driving now, we're driving, I even think when I'm driving, but when I first drove, it was really rough. So you got to do your first things first, and it works out. It's so interesting just seeing, you know, like, never again will I w watch a movie just as a oh, passive so observer. So true, so true. Um, typically, when you see a movie, so I, 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 as an actor, I say, okay, I see an actor's choice, and now when you do the casting choices or the production choice you see many more things that are on the radar oh why did he do that or I understand why they did that or that shot's more interesting so the more and more you get involved the more opinions you have when you see a film now turn sharp so speaking of casting um you you t tend to be the point man on getting the casting things together and putting out all the stuff and you know sort of being the I mean you you're like the filter and so you get a lot of sharp objects coming your way um whether it's from you know pr production the production side or whether it's the actor side or you know who knows what but you're kind of like the bomb you're, you're stuck in the kind of the, the middle here um what's that like so for instance for for black pumpkin um or even for bloody bobby was it tricky making certain casting choices well one thing it's a collaborative process which is great but also it's a very rewarding process because I mean but pretty much you want to you have a blank canvas of the film and you've got to put characters onto the film then you got to find good actors uh, somebody who looks the part uh, but also you got to make sure they if you got to pair them up with a person like if there's a boyfriend girlfriend or daughter uh, mother, you gotta make sure they kind of match, but also you gotta make sure the actor you put in this is gonna be nice on set. That you want to work with them on costume fittings, you want to work with them on set, you want to work with them on post production, you want to be with them on a Q and A. And you know, this person, uh, most of them are friends afterwards, and you want to have a collaborative uh, association with us as time goes on. So you, all those 
you got to figure all those equations. And then typically, uh, we have four or five people in the decision-making process. And very luckily, uh, we've all—I I call this—we're all—we're all green, but we're different shades of green. We all pretty much agreed on everything. There's a couple of issues uh, that we came up, and we had to hammer those out. But there was no drama. There was no big deal. We all—it all, it all happened. It was—it was a great process. Now, as an actor, does it help you understand, kind of, because, well, I'll finish my sentence. Do you, does it help you understand, kind of, the the difficulty that casting directors might go through, let's say, from your acting side of going in for auditions? At first, you know, we hear a lot of actors that they just break down. They feel horrible. They feel terrible. They think it's a personal thing at them. Oh, I hate you. Oh, you're just too tall, or your hair is just too brown, or whatever. And they feel a personal attack, like, oh, why didn't I get the role? Now, someone has to get the role, which means many others cannot get that role. And so, as what is that like, being on the other side? Well, number one, I think, as any actor, I should do this as a favor and somehow uh, volunteer as a reader to be in a, on a casting session and see the other side of the equation. Because um, you learn so much when you see, you know, 20 actors coming in for the uh, same part, you're going to see so many folks come in and do the wrong things and do the right things. And uh, so that's a process every actor should employ and say, let me get in a casting room and see how that works. Uh, the other thing is, a lot of times it does not make a, uh, it, it's, it's nothing that the person's done. Uh, I brought a very good friend of mine in to read for a role. Uh, she's in her early 30s. And the couple characters we were bringing her in was a teenager, although she looks really young. She looked a little bit too older to play the teenager. And we had her play a mother in her 40s, and she was too young to play the 40s. So everybody loved her, and she was really great, and probably, I want to say probably one of the better actresses we've seen, but just kind of fit her into the pack. We just kind of fit her in there because there was no pack. We liked her. She was great. Um, so don't feel bad that you're... If you don't get caught, if you if you don't get taken the role, because it could be something simple as hair color, the reason you don't get. It. And we actually got some in because they had a hair. It was we had two people. One had one hair color, one had different hair colors, and the person with a certain hair color got the role because they had a certain hair color. It was that simple. It's interesting the whole chemistry aspect of it because it, I think what a big, a huge deal is because. You know, if you truly want people to bring the characters to life, it's hugely important that they collaborate well with each other. It's hugely important that they have a good rapport with each other. They laugh, they play, they're playful with each other. Um, Sometimes, I, I mean, that to me feels like that's the main thing that really one is looking for, you know? And then other subtleties kind of fall into place after that, you know? Like, for instance, if a girl's hair is um, brown... Uh, but you're imagining a redhead, and but she's got great chemistry with this person. Either you know, just simply if she's okay with dyeing her hair, <laughs> we do that, or uh, we just go, okay, well this part is just now for a brown-haired person. It's it's crazy how how that stuff works, and then obviously the whole idea of scheduling too, right? Coming up with schedules is that's difficult too because we are independent production. Our scheduling, our shoot date change what. Three or four times, mm-hmm. and the person to be flexible enough to be able to, nice person to be flexible enough to be able to handle that, and be, and then like right now we're talking about doing reshoots, and we're supposed to do it sometime this week, and that's 
still kind of a little bit up in the air. So you as no, you gotta make sure the actor is flexible enough to be able to move, work with you. You know, it's so interesting. Um, uh, well, one thing about yeah. the one thing about the uh, the submitting process, uh, we brought some people in that we knew, and were, were known qualities. But we had some roles we really needed to cast, and we did a lot of online casting or online submissions. And uh, a lot of times, it's you know pretty much for one role we had, which was you know cover smaller role, we had probably over 200 submissions. And the only thing I'm looking at is a little peck shot of a person's face. So you want to make sure if you, as for actors, if you do a submission, you want to make sure that the shot really shows up well and that it makes, if I'm looking at 200, it's going to make me want to press yours to bring it up and see the whole full picture and then look at your resume. Because it's such, it's such a kind of crap shit if you're even going to be, if you submit, even if you're going to be seen or not, even if you're going to be looked at. So you want to make sure that one picture is interesting enough to make a cast director pull it up and want to see more. Yeah, and I think being a person who is, uh, well, let's say coming from a vibe of consideration and playfulness and um, just pleasantness, like that is going to have a huge effect too on, as to echo what you said earlier before, whether you want to have them on the set. Um, if you... If you get a good vibe off that person in the, in the room, I would think, um, for the casting process, and they and they just offer that to you in just that brief amount of time, you're going, okay, there's a potential that, that this is someone I could totally handle for X amount of days on this set, you know, that we're not going to clash horns. And Right, interesting. We had a lot of process where we went through the casting, particularly maybe more with uh, Bloody Bobby than Black Pumpkin, but... We had some folks come in for a read, and they were phenomenal. I mean, on, on paper, they were perfect. They gave a good read. Then we started talking to them, and they just melted down. They, okay, this person's not very nice. I don't want to be with this person on set. And they lost real simply because of their attitude. Just and basically, you know, you're on a job interview, and real. It's we have been told uh, we're in one of the best audition rooms to come in for an audition because everybody's supportive. We always get somebody to redirect. They always get a second chance. We're always very, very respectful of the actor if we're given. You know their time. They, they they basically take the time to submit. They take the time to get the sides, throw in the sides, and invest in this, and come out and see us. So they take three or four hours uh, coming out for this process, and at least want to make the experience for them worthwhile while they're in the room. And so we're a very very easy room to work. And for an actor to blow it, which a couple have, because of their attitude, but uh, vice versa, we had another actor come in. Uh, for a role and we had him for one role and I saw something in him that I think would be good for a, another role and everybody else in the casting room would say you're crazy he's, he's, he can't do this he's, he won't he, he's not he's not that type and he came in and he was cast in the role that I thought he was good for because I saw something about him that uh, something ticked when I talked to him initially when I went and greeted him I said I want him to read for this too and so just the attitude and be open and be and be you can do more by just having those little pleasantries. You, you can make or break yourself. You know, I, um, there's a wonderful phrase that Andy Kaufman once said, which is, whatever is unknown is magnified. So that's 
that's kind of like the confront. That kind of basically explains to me like the confrontation with the unknown. Um, a lot of times in our brains, when we view the unknown, it's a scary place because we have no. We're like, okay, it's the unknown. Will I have a frame of reference for what I'm dealing with? Will I not? If I don't have a frame of reference for what I'm dealing with in that moment, can I handle? Can I trust myself? Can I follow my intuition, my heart, and use just whatever tools that I have right there with me to be able to solve this? Do I trust myself? And so. I think when you walk into a room and you're going to audition for something and, that's, and you do, and you got a bunch of casting directors in there, um, it's, it, it's, there, there is that tendency, you know, for folks to, to freeze up because they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, because there's this unknown, unfortunately, usually the default mode is a negative side of things. A, oh gosh, they probably hate me because they're so quiet. Oh gosh, they probably, they probably won't like me. They're probably going to come at me with, you know, claws and fangs. These are loops that tend to be recited in, in people's brains when they go into a situation like that. So that's why I think it's so all more the, import, uh, all more the important importance of getting behind that desk, of being able to see it from that perspective, to be like, look, there's nothing to be afraid of. You want the very next person who's walking in the door to, to be the oh. person that you want for the role, right? That's a big secret that, you know, the cast directors want you to do well. And, and the idea is we have, I have, you know, eight roles to fill. And I don't want to go through the process of having, like, oh, my God, I got so many actors that are away. So I want you to be good when you come to the room. You really want to be good. And so you're encouraged to excel. But sometimes you get jaded if you do this over and over and over and over again, particularly maybe in a project that you're getting paid for and not a part of. Um, you're going to be more cynical. But uh, you're right. Everybody wants you to succeed and be the best you can be. And everybody's rooting for you when you walk in. So you, but you have just you know, a few seconds to either book it or not. It's incredible. I think also the reason also why we're able to see all this cool stuff is because we you know this tribe of people have decided to create our own projects and to make you know become the source for people to go to um, rather than trying to be a part of a source um, that's that's moving along you're just like okay you know what I'm taking that power like I'm, I'm, I'm not a slave to that like okay I need to be a part of this thing it's like I'm taking that power. I'm going to be the source. We're going to be the source where people come to us to be a part of this thing, and it's it's it feels so good. And because we made these steps, now we're making all these great relationships with all these other people. And of course, once you're on the set, some of these uh, camera operators or some of these gaffers or some of these other people who show up, PAs, who knows, uh, friends of the of of the uh, of the people on set, they come up to help out. And those people end up having projects that they're in the process of working on, and then they think about you, and they go, hmm, this person worked well with me on that set. Uh, maybe we could work together on mine, you know? So many of your jobs you get are from people from people you meet. I mean, um, a lot of the roles we cast before, we're just, I know this person's person will be fine, so why would I go ahead and sit out um, breakdowns on, on a role when I knew it was... Kurt could do the role and but also don't cut yourself off to anything I mean do your own projects but also run everything go ahead and, and do the regular auditions go ahead and do your own projects don't close yourself off to anything and you'll be successful I mean it, it, it's got to happen the more you do those who don't succeed 
what have you done? Like, well, I, I, I did they submissions? Did they yeah, even terrible. take their iPhone out and make a any kind of movie? No, you just you got to you just got to keep on putting stuff out, and you don't know when it's going to work or what's going to work. You just got to work it. It's a funny thing too, because Ryan never had a frame of reference for writing screenplays. Neither did Jen Mathiason, and now they, you know, they decide to collaborate together. They make Bloody Bobby. Two non-screenwriters writing a screenplay, getting it funded, <laughs> getting it made, that's huge. Get finding it a distributor. It's huge. It's huge. Getting funded. Destination. You know, that's the interesting thing. Um, as long as you got people co-signing on your dream, people who are all co-signing on the same, the same dream creating this ensemble of like yes and yes and we believe in this let's move it along let's contribute to the dream oh my gosh it's just going to grow it has no choice but to grow and, and don't if it's just you until you 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 build you can do it by yourself then you bring somebody else in but build your team don't don't worry if it's you and one of your friends but keep on building and more people will come build and they will come <laughs> that's true that's true all right folks uh we shall talk more later of course Where'd you go sailing yesterday? Uh, we were at Marina del Rey, and then uh, we went up uh, out on the sea, and then we had dolphins around us and all that. Did we, we able to? Friends. Were you able to lean lean out the boat and pet the dolphin? Yeah, that's awesome. Kinda. Yeah, they, they, they were just all like, but I was like halfway. I just had to lay. I I was sick. Sun poisoning. I was good, good going into the ocean. Then I got sick in the ocean. And then on the way back, and then we hit the harbor again. Everything was more cold. Motion sickness. Oh yeah, I just. Terrible. Was it a yacht? It was or a yacht, yeah. Oh my god, you were on a yacht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were there with 11 people or something. Holy cow. Yeah, so it's a, Did you do any, any swimming? No, 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 it's too cold. <laughs> we could because you have that whole like side thing that goes down and into the water and you can just dive in the ocean, but I don't think it is the right ocean to like really dive. Wow, dolphins. How many dolphins would you say you saw? I think it was like, was it a group? Was there already a group of dolphins? And they were really like swimming next. Oh my god. Were you able to get some photos or footage? Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Um, you got footage too? Yeah, so they've been, um, my friends have been posting. Um, I just have to connect the hard drive. I've changed everything. I've been working in the studio with all this stuff. Yeah, so that was fun. Let me see. How long were you out there for? Um, we went up in the ocean, like, started at 12, and we got back at 6 or so, and then we went, we anchored somewhere first, and then we ate, and then we moved further back to the, back to the harbor. Like that's just like my solo show or whatever. I have to like not. I don't write exactly what I'm gonna say, but I have to literally have an outline. Like I have this song. I'm gonna song that I'm gonna have. I just give myself like five things to talk about them in between, and then you know, cause I'm not. I'm not a good improver. Come to an improv class. I should. I want to. Just come and do an audit. I improv my way through he's, life. He mm. is so much fun. <laughs> this guy. He's so fast. 
Um, I am, um, you know, for sure, I'm not that person, so I always have to give myself an outline. Like, but, but, you know. But, but come, I mean, it's a place, come and play for one night, see if you like it. Mm. It's up at North Hollywood. Okay. Like, it's just close to you. Uh-huh. And it's on Wednesday nights between 7.30 and 10.30. We just play games. Fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like back when I, when I, you know, when I was just kind I've of like, done, I've done that actually. Honey, we yeah. should go. It'll be fun, babe. Especially you. This guy, he's hilarious. Oh my god, this guy here. Like I remember, like back when I was like, you know, in drama school, like you know, um, when I went to performing arts school. God, those were like my favorite classes. Like in drama class, all we would do was just like do improv, and it was so much fun. And I think like as you get older and you become professional, you just you don't play anymore. You start to really get like this about your craft and that's I don't like that that's not how I that's not how you thrive uh -huh. you're just like <laughs> I did this guy at the conservatory one time I had an improv person you know, there's a game what are you doing and it's like, it's like you can when I'm, I'm, I'm shoveling and I say I'm combing my hair and you have to keep that up but people usually knock out you says I'm um, I'm shoveling like, no no okay so Kurt did it he did like 17 times he, he, he never got stopped. He never got stopped. Uh -huh. Finally, he says, "Okay, I, I played too much. I'll, I'll, I'll screw up." He, he screwed up on purpose, just to just to get out. I of took it. myself out of it because I didn't want anyone to be like, "Oh, geez, this guy again." You know, it, yeah. it, it was one of those things where, like, like okay, either you know, in a situation like that, you're thinking, "Okay, well, either these people have got to just like dive into it and just be a part of it," or in that moment, I guess I just thought, well, but you were so good at it. I'll just take so, like, it. So the more you, he did a lot of it. So the more mm -hmm, you did the better. Right. It would help you on stage, be more spontaneous. Right. Just come on, just 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 play it. Just right. Play for a day. Because <laughs> I mean, I always tell people that like you know I'm a great like singer and dancer and performer, but when it comes to the in between, I suck. I'm terrible. I've gotten better because I've had to with the cover band and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I have like again my five go tos. Is everybody drinking? <laughs> you know, how you doing? Whose birthday is it today? You know, just I have my five go-to things because I, I honestly don't know what to say because I'm so all about because my focus is always singing well, playing well, performing well. You which know, which was great. A lot of people can't do that, but but that's that, so. Yeah, the other two. But right, but just the, the MCing. Be able to pull you know, something out that happened mm -hmm. recently, or have, you see something. And you can react to the audience or see something that happens in the bar right. and just hit with that. Yeah, like and that's and that's why I love doing the whole cover band what in Vegas thing when people mm. it's like two in the morning and nobody cares and people are drunk. That's when I, that's when <laughs> that's I like start picking start. up. Yeah, because I don't you know because everyone's drunk and there's not a lot of pressure. No, yeah. But if it's like a corporate gig, you know, like that's when I'm just like you know what, hire an MC. I can't do this. <laughs> just I can. I'm a good side person. Like if you said something. I can feed off of that. We bounce back. I'm really good at that. Like I'm right. an excellent side person, but I'm I'm not the main MC person. I can't do it. <laughs> it's just not my thing. Like again, singing, playing, and dancing. That's what I do. You know, I choreographed, scripted stuff. I'm good at that thing. But I would like to get better. You know, I would like to get better. Yeah. But you know, it was just so. It's just so cute. Like again, you know, you're watching the video, and I'm just like, she's not smiling enough. It's like she's just so into singing because singing right. is her craft. Right, right. So I, I'm like. And she's so cute. Like when you talk to her, she's like a firecracker. Blah 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 blah. So I'm just like, honey, you gotta bring Honest that. Set and put that yeah. in your 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 mm -hmm. stage presence. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Because that's that's the difference. Yes. Give I mean, it. I go American Idol, and it's, it's, some people really get seems, but they don't connect. It's just like they're they're in a little all tuned in the yeah. world, which is right. bad. Right. No, it's all it's. When it's does everything. her audition have to be in there? Well, as soon as possible. Oh, because gotcha. the, the, the the her. The family friend uh, got the casting notes on on Facebook on Wednesday, so we're already late. Like we should have already done this, but oh. I didn't have time. I mean, they messaged me on Friday, and we were gone this weekend, so there was no way we could do it. So tonight, you know. Mm -hmm. So, 
And I assume there's an official email address for someone to send it to. I yeah, assume, yeah. Right? yeah. Sure. Cookies, come on, guys. Help us, please. Take some home with you, please. Mm -hmm. Let me eat all that. I don't need that. <laughs>